What a win for Carlos Alcaraz against Rafael Nadal in the quarterfinals of the Madrid Open. It was an absolutely cracking match. I just cannot explain to you how fun it was just to watch it, first of all. And second of all, some great tactical points, of, of course, that we'll go into. Before we do, though, of course, do remember to hit that like button, please, if you haven't done so already, and do subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you're listening or watching on a podcast platform, do leave a rating or review. We are soaring up those rankings on podcasts and on YouTube. So, yeah, do keep the support coming. Really appreciate it. Right, let's get into this. Carlos Alcaraz wins in three sets. In three very different sets, he won 6-2, 1-6-6-3 in the end. And the young Spaniard, on his 19th birthday, managed to beat one of the legends of the game, one of the GOATs in Rafa Nadal, of course, at 35 years of age. A fantastic start to the year. He's only lost once so far this year. And Carlos Alcaraz added to that and added his himself to Taylor Fritz as the only other person to beat him this year, of course. And Yes, Nadal not at his best, but I tell you what, Alcaraz played some inspired tennis and he himself had some issues physically with uh, with an injury as well in that second set as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how Alcaraz gets on in the semifinal, but we're not going to talk about that yet. We're not going to get, get going to get ahead of ourselves. Of course, he'll be playing about Djokovic, which will be, I would imagine, another cracking match as well. So let's get into this. Alcaraz... Is this the coming of age? Was this a, a match where he suddenly has kind of overtaken them and he's kind of burst into the scene? I don't think so. I just think it was a, a match that highlighted the type of level he's at. And if anyone, even if, you are, if your name is Nadal or your name is Djokovic, if you're not at your at least at 80, 85% or more of your level, a relatively consistent level as well throughout two or three sets, you're going to have a very tough time against him and you're most likely going to lose. And that's what we saw today. Nadal, not at his best for sure. But even if he was and Alcaraz at his best, I'm not quite sure who wins anymore. And that is the type of doubt that Alcaraz has put in people's minds. He was ranked 122 this time last year when he met Nadal. He lost 6-1, 6-2. He ended up, of course, winning this one and from being ranked 122 in the world to now being ranked in the live rankings, I think, at now number six, if I'm not mistaken, is phenomenal. Broke into the top 10 we know as well recently, and his rise at the moment is meteoric. The only next thing really for him is to make a big run at a Grand Slam, and with Roland Garros pretty much around the corner, we're about to find out. So from a tactical standpoint, it's really hard to kind of unpack because there's so much going on. There really was. But I think the biggest thing for me was how Alcaraz was able to stick with Nadal physically. His physicality is a huge plus. Alcaraz has so many different layers and dynamics to his games. We're going to go into that and also, of course, talk a bit about Nadal as well. He, of course, did some good things, as he always will do because he is a legend of the game. But Alcaraz's physicality incredible. And there are a lot of longer exchanges where Nadal would always expect to win these against pretty much 99% of the tour. Against Alcaraz, though, it's just not to be. And yes, he's someone who's able to finish off points quickly as well. He plays a more aggressive brand than Nadal of tennis. I know a lot of people compare them and there's comparisons, I think, because of their progression. In terms of style, there is a slight difference. There are similarities too. But there is quite a big difference in the sense that 
Alcaraz likes to play more on the front foot. He likes to be more aggressive. And that's why in the past he's talked about molding his game actually more on someone like a Roger Federer than a Rafa Nadal. But his physicality, I thought, was really impressive. And of course, he did get uh, a little bit of a niggle on the ankle. I turned it in the second set. And then uh, that did affect him, I think, in the second set. Got breadsticked in it, but then recovered nicely in the third. The way that he was, he's able to move is really impressive. Now, I think I mentioned this in one of my previous videos, and maybe you haven't watched it, so I'll, I'll mention it again. When I saw him play against Cam Nori, actually it was, at uh, one of the hardcore tournaments, uh, one of the Masters, I think he was part of the um, either Indian Wells or Miami, it was against Cam Nori, and I watched, I watched the match, and I just thought, he reminds me, of a young Rafa Nadal. If you go and watch highlights of him, you'll see him moving side to side when he's he's in a point right where he has absolutely no no right to win it. Absolutely zero zero right to win it, right? It's a point where he's on the back foot from the start, normally a return point, and he's just going side to side defending and the defense is just incredible. And in the end he manages somehow to either pass his opponent or hit the winner or someone get back to neutral and then play aggressively and then get the winner or hit the uh, forced error or the opponent gets broken down and hits the unforced. It's incredible to watch. And Alcaraz, I think, has that in abundance at the moment. And that is what I think is even more impressive than anything else. Now, that's something that, of course, with time, you're not able to sustain and, you know, until your mid-30s, as we've seen on the dial. But... It's just something that I've only ever seen really maybe two other players do that um, at such a young age or even at their peaks, and that's Nadal and Djokovic, and potentially Murray as well, to be fair. I think Federer, of course, to a degree, but uh, his game's slightly different. And look, I, I think it's just unbelievable. I mean, he is such an athlete, he really is. But just in, uh, put that aside. Put that aside. I, I'm struggling for words because it's still got the match running through my head right now. And I'm just thinking, wow. Because Alcaraz had a two-love record, uh, you know, kind of lo losing record against Nadal going into this. He's just won it a first time against, you know, Carlos Alcaraz. Sorry, Carlos Alcaraz has now just won a first time against Rafa Nadal. It's a big, big step, and it could be a massive turning point in his career. This could be a career-defining win. We just talked about the physicality. Let's talk a little bit more about the dynamics of his game and, and how well he utilized it today. The first thing for me after physicality is his serve. Now, his serve was a lot more effective than Nadal's today, generally, I thought. And if you look at the, at the serve statistics, very interestingly, first serve percentage for Nadal at 70%, for Alcaraz 56%. So less in terms of actual first serves made. But then we look at how well he did behind the first and second serve. Alcaraz... 67%, Nadal 58%. Second set points one. Alcaraz 52%. Nadal 59%. So overall, Alcaraz was doing better behind the first serve and marginally worse on the second serve. Which can I say is actually a massive plus for him because that I think is the one part of his game that is a perceived weakness I think he could work on. And the first serve, yes, I think in terms of spots he can definitely work on it and potentially the technical aspect. But in terms of actually the pop he gets on it, you know, the the MPH, the kind of, uh, I guess, how deadly it can be, it's there. 
the threat is there. So that is actually really impressive. And the fact that he was able to make a lot of forehands as well, Nadal and Alcaraz, I mean, both, uh, you know, as soon as the serve, the first serves in and the return comes in, both players are thinking this has to be a forehand. This has to be a forehand. The one plus shot has to be a forehand. And that's exactly what both are trying to do. The difference was is that Alcaraz was not only being able to, to out-hit Nadal from the back of the court, I think kind of average speed just kind of edging Nadal um, in this match as well. But the depth that he was able to exert on the ball, much better. He was penetrating through the court much, much more comfortably than Nadal. Nadal, a lot of the times, and maybe it's because he was late on the ball because Alcaraz was just crunching the ball at times, especially on the forehand side. He almost looked like he was a bit kind of caught late and ended up then kind of hitting that very, very loopy lasso forehand short cross court. Alcaraz will step in, hit the backhand down the line or cross court. And can I say something? His backhand is phenomenal. For someone who has such an incredible forehand, the backhand is not much worse. It is one, I think it's, an, it's a really, really good two-hander. I really do. Uh, some of the backhand cross courts he was finding, the angles sublime. Uh, the backhand on the line is really good as well. It's just, it seems to be pretty solid defensively. He seems to be able to find, uh, you know, ways to get out of trouble. He can hit the kind of more lobbed, loopy backhand as well defensively. Generally, it just seems to be a, a weapon and also a defensive tool that is effective in the majority of instances. The main uh, time when he makes mistakes is when he tries to go for a bit too much. And he's a, an aggressive player generally. I mean, he hit, what was it, 41 winners and 17 unforced errors against Sitsipas in Barcelona. Today, I mean, it won't be as much of that gap there, but he still hit a lot. And there was a big, big difference in the winners and unforced errors between both players because it was actually, I think, halfway through the second set, they had the stats up. And Nadal had only hit two winners to 11 unforced errors. Alcaraz had hit, if I'm not mistaken, around 20 winners to 11 unforced errors. Big, big difference there, right? Now, Alcaraz was using controlled aggression. Nadal was giving him shorter balls. He was stepping in, he was putting them away, he was coming to the net really effectively, and his volleying, for me, absolutely sublime. Is getting there, is getting there to the level of a Nadal, of a Sitsipas, of a Federer, right? That's where I feel like it's getting to his volley. Djokovic is now up there as well with those lot because he's just improved so much on it. Alcaraz and his net game seems to be improving and improving and improving. And of course, he's already got the athleticism to be able to reach the balls, to be able to almost kind of dive the balls at times uh, and kind of stretch. But just the touch and feel on the drop volley, beautiful. And then also, for the most part, sometimes the first volley isn't always always the best, but he follows up nicely. Nadal tried to pass him a couple of times, and then Alcaraz said, no, I'm going to do... I'm going to get to that. I've read it really well. He read exactly what Nadal was going to try and do, try and go down the line, especially on the backhand side to pass him. Read it nicely, put away the second volley. And then, of course, the drop shot. I mean, how good is this drop shot? It is ridiculously good. And I know I'm completely waxing lyrical about Alcaraz. I'm not going to be that person who's going to come on and talk talk to you and say to you, look, Alcaraz is going to win uh, you know, 25 Grand Slams. He's going to be the greatest of all time. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you, though, is that this kid is special. And I think it's, it's fair now for us to talk about it because he's just beaten one of the greats uh, on clay, his best surface. Yes, not his best, but he also wasn't at his best as well. If we talk about them you know, kind of turning his ankle, um, and obviously that affected him. And on top of that, 
He's now broken into the top 10. He's going to be top five soon. He's coming. I mean, he's inevitable, really. Uh, and I think, you know, we have to now start talking about him to some degree. So the drop shot, sublime. I mean, Nadal is one of the kind of fittest and competitors on tour. And he prides himself on being able to chase down those types of balls, those drop shots. And he barely got to them. And when he did, a lot of the times he'd go into the net or our crowds would then finish off the point, uh, you know, with um, with a volley or he'd pass Nadal. And he just had a lot of success with it. And it is, for me, one of the best drop shots on tour. It reminds me of when Murray was younger and used to play a lot. in it, And it was just an incredible tool. And when it came off, it was just unreal. And the touch and feel, beautiful to see. And then in the return games, I think both players, to be fair, uh, on serve weren't the most comfortable. And so I don't want to talk too much about returning. I think both are very good returners. Anyway, we know that Nadal's one of the best returners ever. I think Alcaraz is up there as well uh, in terms of kind of current crop. And for me, it's going to be very intriguing to see how Alcaraz kind of develops on the return games, but also how is he going to be able to, for example, against Djokovic, which we'll do a more in-depth preview on, is he going to be able to serve better so that he doesn't have a lot of danger on the serve games, on his own service games, and then potentially get broken? Because at the moment, he's not looking the most convincing on his service game. So when he breaks, you almost think he might get broken back. And that's what happened a lot in the first set. And then the second set, he twisted his ankle fine. So then his level dropped a lot. He was kind of barely... His, the way he was hitting the ball, I think at, at one point, it, he dropped about five miles per hour on the ground strokes and the RPA, RPM even on um, the ground strokes. So they're kind of revolutions per minute on the ball. Uh, so topspin basically uh, dropped as well quite substantially so that's understandable but then he kind of got over that came back into it on the third set and then kind of seemed to be better he changed his shirt maybe that was it no i'm just joking but in all seriousness in that third set looked obviously a lot better serving a lot better than suddenly he was starting to get through the court better as well and it was the outcries of the first set and Nadal just couldn't handle it and the biggest thing for me actually tactically that he utilized really well and Djokovic has fantastic success with it against Nadal um, and that's why he's just, he just edges that head-to-head with Nadal as well, I feel. He's going into the Nadal forehand. Now, that's something that I've talked about before. And a lot of times people might say, what are you talking about? Why would you go into the Nadal forehand? Interesting stat from the match, by the way, as well. Nadal was actually hitting his backhand harder than his forehand. Now, you might say, what? At one stage, they showed the stat. He was hitting his forehand at 76 mile per hour average, his backhand at 81. He crunches his backhand absolutely crunches it it's not a weakness it hasn't been for a for a lot of years that nadal backhand the forehand of course we know is the biggest weapon but it can also be his biggest weakness at times when he's not playing in the best form uh, that lasso forehand that whip it can kind of swerve he can go very loopy he can make more mistakes on it and more unforced errors and we saw that a little bit today because he's not Again, he's not fully fit. He's a little bit rusty. So the backhand, though, down the line and the backhand cross-court from Alcaraz, incredible. He was completely crunching it at depth with pace into the Nadal forehand. And there were so many instances, so many, when Nadal was on the stretch, stretching on the forehand side because of the angle of the backhand, or it was just so deep, he was having to kind of dig it out. And he was struggling so much to hit it back with any interest, with any pace. Same with the Alcaraz forehand. Now, if he goes short into that forehand... So say he goes forehand down the line, doesn't find a good enough angle into out on the forehand, or then goes short down the line as well. 
Nadal's going to pounce on him cross court, right? I mean, he's going to absolutely blitz him cross court. So that's exactly what he can't be doing. Now, he barely did that, though. He didn't get punished a lot because he was effective with how he utilized that tactic. Everyone knows to do against Nadal, but it's such a hard tactic to actually implement effectively. But Alcaraz did it. And that is an incredible level of maturity shown, but also incredible level of execution from the young Spaniard as well. On Nadal's front, I mean, I think I don't want to talk about him too much because I, I do think it's... Look, yes, we can talk about improvements and what he could have done better, etc. But I think he knows... We all know his game well enough. I think for him, the biggest thing was the lack of depth, I think, and the lack of penetration through the court. But in some instances, it was just too good from Alcaraz. The match point, I mean, what a point that was. Somehow Alcaraz defensively sticking in the point and then imagine, uh, and then managing to pass Nadal in the end was just incredible to witness. And look, I think in some instances, it was just... Look, it was too good from Alcaraz. And I've never seen Nadal shake his head so much on a clay court in my life. So I think he realized that he came up against an inspired and special player in the moment that is Carlos Alcaraz. And I think for him, it's good to get some game time. He obviously had a very long match against Goffin yesterday as well. For him, he didn't serve incredibly well. A lot of first serves in, um, but not a huge amount of, uh, well, yeah, kind of we got a good amount of first serves in for him but not a huge amount of uh, first serve points one as well. So for him, could he have maybe utilized coming to the net more? He barely really came to the net, Nadal. He tried the drop shot a couple of times, worked a couple of times, but Alcaraz, for the most part, chased it down. And he just seemed a little bit, a little bit kind of, uh, not clueless, and that's a bit harsh, but just a little bit left wondering really of what to do. And I think he wasn't quite sure. So yeah. Very, very interesting. Very interesting from uh, Ralph Nadal. But I'm sure we'll see him back for Rome if he's fit. And look, I mean, he just needs to get matches under his belt and then peak for Ryan Garros. That's exactly what Djokovic will try to do as well. But yeah, we'll preview that separately. Thank you very much, guys. What a match we just witnessed. Let me know your thoughts as well. Are you surprised Alcaraz won? I predicted he would win in three sets, actually, as well, I think. So yeah, really good win for Alcaraz. And um, I predicted that he'll win against Djokovic as well. But we'll do a more in-depth preview of that. But let me know your thoughts as well. Are you surprised? Are you not? What do you think of the match? Please remember to like the button. Like, well, you can like the button, but like the uh, <laughs> hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and of course, do remember to leave a rating or review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. as well. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Stay safe and well, and we'll see you on the next video.